Welcome to the Cowboys Beat audio podcast, streaming live on the Cowboys Beat Podcast Network, where we talk about everything related to America's team. Prescott got a carry. And reach, flip, sets up first and goal at the... Hosted by none other than Chris K. Third and seven, blitz coming, Prescott in trouble, lofting it to the corner. You may know him from his work on TikTok, but now he's taking over the podcasting world. We're not here just to take part, we're here to take over. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Yo, what's going on guys? Welcome to the Cowboys Beat Podcast for August 2nd, 2023. And on today's episode, we're going to continue going over news coming out of training camp. That's pretty much what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks here. Uh, You know, obviously the preseason is right around the corner. We'll be going over that when those games happen. But um, yeah. Uh, Before we get into the episode, if you're watching this on YouTube, please make sure to hit that like button. Make sure to subscribe. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you may be listening to this at, please make sure to follow the show and leave a review. Five stars would be greatly appreciated. The support for the podcast has been awesome, guys. You guys have been awesome. I appreciate you guys supporting me on this journey. Uh, But yeah, without further ado, let's get into the episode. So Ronald Jones will be suspended for the first two games of the upcoming season due to violating the league's policy on performance enhancing drugs. So he will be able to practice and play in preseason games, but he just won't be available for the the first two games because they'll be suspended. Honestly, I don't think the Cowboys are going to need him for the first two games. Actually, I don't think that they're going to need him for the entire season because they're probably going to move on from Ronald Jones. He was only here for insurance in case, you know, uh, Malik Davis and Rico Dowdle weren't living up to expectations. But since, you know, you hear Mike McCarthy come out and talk about how good these guys have been looking, I think ultimately Ronald Jones was going to get cut regardless of this suspension. Now that he's going to be out for the first two games of the season, I would have to assume that, yeah, more than likely he's going to uh, probably not be on this team uh, this upcoming season. Now, if he comes out in uh, preseason and has a nuclear, nuclear preseason, do you keep him on the team? I, you know, we have to wait and see. We have to wait and see how good he is in preseason. But I think that the Cowboys ultimately want one of these two guys to step up and take the job. Uh, you know, but here's the thing when it comes to Rico Dowdle, do you feel good? With this guy as your number two running back, because I don't, I think he's a good player. I think you want to know why I think that he could be a better player than Malik Davis. However, are you a better player if you're on the bench? Or, you know, because that's the thing. Rico Dowdle has had a rap sheet of injuries. Can you rely on the guy? And if you feel that good about Rico Dowdle, you should honestly probably keep a fourth running back. But my problem is okay, we keep a fourth running back, we keep Rico Dowdle. Are we sure that that's the best way to go about things, especially when you see, you know, guys at other positions? You know, it's, it's going to be hard to make this team because guys at other positions are really stepping up. I mean, you see the receivers. There's The receivers are like seven deep on this team. Do you want to cut a really good receiver just so that you can keep Rico Dowdle along? No, no, you can't do that. Absolutely not. So uh, Ronald Jones, he will be suspended for the first two games of the season. Honestly, It's not really big news to me because I didn't expect him to be around for the first two games of the season. So Sam Williams suffered a shoulder strain in practice the other day. By the way, try saying that three times real quick. Uh, That was difficult for me. But um, 
Yeah, so he did work with Doris Armstrong and the trainer the other day. Yesterday, he did individual work, and there's no timetable for his return. I know that sounds serious. I don't think it is. I think they're more so judging, okay, is this something that he's going to be out for for a few days, or is, he, or is this something that he's going to be out for for like a week or two? Um, if this was something serious, I think they would have been able to tell by now, and I think they would have given us a timetable for how long uh, he's going to be out. So I don't expect Sam Williams to miss any regular season games. Uh, I don't even think he's going to miss the preseason game if they intend to play Sam Williams in that preseason game. You know, uh, I think that Sam Williams is in for a big year. And I think, man, if Sam Williams is as good as I think he can be this upcoming season, and when I say as good as I think he can be, I think that this guy can be a 10-sack guy and be very effective in setting the edge against the run. And if he can do that for you, I mean, that's going to be big for this defense because then at that point, now you feel comfortable with, okay, Micah, hey, play in the box on some of these rundowns. Or, hey, during pass rushdowns, Demarcus Lawrence, we're good here. We'll play Micah Parsons and Sam Williams on the edge. Those will be our primary pass rushers. And then, hey, you want to know what, Demarcus Lawrence, we actually really like what you can bring uh, to our team as a pass rusher. We'll have you play on the inside as an interior pass rusher and let you go up against some of these guards and, and try and beat some of these guards with your quickness. So that's, that's something to take into consideration, guys. I mean, Sam Williams is going to be a very good player for the Cowboys. You know, I think he might have played about like 260 snaps last year, and he had like 10 tackles for loss and four sacks. I mean, that's like a, a decent stat line for somebody who plays, you know, four or 500 snaps or even like 600 snaps, whatever it may be. Like that's a good stat line for somebody who plays that many snaps, let alone somebody who doesn't play that many snaps. I mean... Like, look at the edge rushers drafted in last year's draft. There's no doubt in my mind that Sam Williams is a top five player of that group. Like, hear me out on this. Would you rather have Sam Williams or Kayvon Thibodeau? Like, I think that Sam Williams is the better player, to be honest with you. I know that may sound delusional, but I think Sam Williams is a better player, as a better overall player than Kayvon Thibodeau. Like, is, is Thibodeau a better pass rusher? Yeah, maybe. But I think that when, when you talk about being a three-down defensive end, Sam Williams is just a better player. So, um, you know, Sam Williams, to me, it's good that he's not missing uh, significant time with this injury, or at least I don't think that he is. No news to the such uh, has been reported. But, um, yeah, it's something to keep your eye out for, definitely. So Trayvon Diggs returns to practice. He was dealing with toe soreness over the past week here. The Cowboys were being cautious with Trayvon Diggs, so that's the reason why he was out. Apparently, if they were playing a game this week, he would have been practicing and he would have played in the game. The Cowboys are just being cautious with this, which honestly I appreciate. There's no reason to go out there and, and risk Trayvon Diggs if he's feeling a certain type of way. You know, Trayvon Diggs is going to make this team, obviously. Uh, he just got a big extension. So, to me, keeping him on the field is the number one priority. And especially when you hear all of these injuries going around at training camp, uh, it is best to err on the side of caution, in my personal opinion. Um, I think that Trayvon Diggs is a guy who just continues to get better and better and better. You know, when you look at him his rookie season, he struggled a bit. You know, he wasn't like bad his rookie season he you know he was a prospect that was trying to find his way in the NFL and then he he got more into himself his second season I think Dan Quinn got with him and really found a role on this team for Trayvon Diggs and you know this last season 
he played some of his he, he played his best football of his career in my personal opinion you know i understand the 11 interception season he did some really good things but you know this past season he really started to embrace that role uh, of a lockdown corner you know um teams were not throwing the ball his direction they they were terrified to throw the ball his direction i mean it's crazy that it took 11 interceptions in a season for them to do that because they still tried to throw on him at the the beginning of the season. I mean, it didn't work, but you know, uh, they they tried doing it, and you know, teams started to learn. Hey, fine, keep throwing the ball over there if you want. It's it's you know, it's not me that has to answer for it. But um, yeah, you know, Trayvon Diggs came back, and and you want to know what to me like during these practices, we have to understand that like because I did see some reps where you know Trayvon Diggs got beat, quote unquote. But, you know, you have to understand when when you're working with the entire field and you're lined up one on one, like like, for example, Jalen Marino Cropper lined up against him and he and Jalen Marino Cropper won on a, a dig route. But here's the thing. It was one on one, you know, so when you have the whole field to work with, honestly, the receivers should win. So that's something to take into consideration, guys. When you see these one on one reps and they're working with the entire field. You know, more times than not, the receiver is going to win. So don't overreact to it. Quite frankly, don't overreact to training camp clips at all. You've seen this guy playing the game. You know, Trayvon Diggs to me has nothing to prove in this training camp. You know, to me, a guy like him, hey, look, just sharpen up your game. You know, uh, make sure that, you know, you're, you're, you're in good physical shape. So when week one comes around, you're ready to go. But uh, ultimately, Trayvon Diggs returning to practice. Obviously, that's good news. So Dak and the offense are really starting to find their way this training camp over the past few days here. You know, they started off a bit slow, but it seems like they found their footing. It seems like they're starting to find comfort in this new offense. And you just love to hear it. And one thing that I like from this training camp for the Cowboys is that you hear, you know, the offense is having their days, the defense is having their days. And that's a good thing because ultimately in training camp, we have to understand that Let's just say Dak looks really good. Well, who is he looking really good against? Our defense. So is that, you know, a bad thing because he looks so good against our defense? That's why you have to take training camp with a grain of salt. The offense is going to get their looks. The defense is going to get their looks. That, looks. That's a good thing. That's a good thing, though. That's a, you know, a healthy back and forth. You know, like you hear over at Philly's training camp, Jalen Hurts putting up these crazy completion numbers and, and you know, stuff like that. But the problem is, who is he putting that up against? Their defense. So if there's one-sided affairs the entire training camp, that's not a good thing for your defense. I mean, they don't necessarily report with nuance over in Philadelphia. So, you know, that's something to take into consideration. And as long as Jalen Hurts plays well, they win. You know, like like meaning the fans think that they win. They can blow a 10-point lead in the Super Bowl, uh, something that only one other team in the history of the Super Bowl has done. They can walk into the game with all around the better team than the other team, as long as Jalen Hurts plays well, it doesn't matter if they win or lose. That's how it is to Philly fans. So, you know, um, I I can't wait to play that defense. I think that we're going to have very much success against that defense. And I like our defense versus their offense. So, you know, I just had to go on a little bit of a tangent there because you hear uh, their fans yapping loud, um, but they don't understand that this guy is, is dicing up their defense and they're going to be playing better quarterbacks than Jalen Hurts. Dak Prescott being one of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, 
I, I like what I'm seeing so far conceptually from the offense as well. You're seeing a lot of these slant flats, and, and they're working. And not only that, you're seeing crossers. You're seeing drag routes. You're seeing things that good offenses put into their playbooks. You know, you hear Mike McCarthy talk, it's players over plays. It's a matchup. Uh, it's a matchup league. And that's something that Kellen Moore didn't take advantage of. Kellen Moore is married to a system. He's married to his scheme. And look, um, I I, I do not want to talk about Kellen Moore all damn offseason because that's something that we have done. But, you know, I think it's fair to compare the two offenses and say this is what it was because Kellen Moore, like I said, married to his system. And when you're married to your system, you know, you're not looking at, oh, crap, we have, you know, a, a mismatch in the middle of the field here with CeeDee Lamb lined up, uh, uh, you know, on a certain slot corner that we feel like we can take advantage of all day. You know, like... That's the thing. That was the thing about Kellen Moore's offense. So now it's like, oh, cool. Let's isolate this linebacker. Let's try and get CD on a linebacker. Let's try and get Peyton Hendershot or Jake Ferguson on a linebacker and take advantage of that mismatch. Because Mike McCarthy's right. It's a matchup league. If you have a, if you have a good matchup, take advantage of it. Keep going at it all day. Make the defense have to adjust. You see what good you see what good teams did against us. Look at Jacksonville. Who do they have as their coach? Doug Peterson. You want to know what he said? Dallas can't stop the run. Dallas can't, uh, 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 that second boundary corner opposite of Trayvon Diggs can't cover for a lick. So we're going to take advantage of that. Look at what Aaron Rodgers did against us. Hey, they can't run the ball. Granted, Matt LaFleur calling plays. They can't run the ball. And that second boundary corner can't guard my receivers. So we're going to take advantage of that mismatch. Good teams did that against the Cowboys. Good offensive coordinators did that against the Cowboys. Wouldn't it be great if the Cowboys did that against opposing defenses? And that's something that I think that you should expect is going to be the case this upcoming season. I honestly do believe that Mike McCarthy is going to look at certain matchups and say, yo, take advantage of that. Don't worry about spreading the ball out. If if you have a bum number two corner on Brandon Cook, smoke him. Smoke him. Make them have to adjust. And when they adjust, guess what? We'll attack another part of the field. That's the way you do it. That's the way good offensive coordinators handle the game. That's the way good play callers handle the game. So, you know, I just love what I'm hearing from the offensive side of the ball with Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer. And I think fans should be excited about this offense. So it feels good to say this coming off a season where the Cowboys wide receiver play was quite poor, but apparently the wide receivers are going crazy this camp so far. Um, you know, CeeDee Lamb, obviously that's to be expected. He's having a great camp. Brandon Cooks, and honestly feels like yesterday or just over the past few days of training camp, I've seen Doc Prescott throw like eight or nine touchdowns to Brandon Cooks. Like it's ridiculous. I swear every single time I go on Twitter or X now, uh, which is what they call it. I see a video of Dak Prescott throwing the ball down the field to Brandon Cooks. It's ridiculous. That connection is going to be crazy because ultimately Dak Prescott wants to throw the football down the field. You know, like Dak Prescott had this reputation of dinking Dak. No, Dak Prescott wants to throw the ball down the field. You know, it's kind of like, and I'm not saying that they're comparable players. I'm just comparing the situation. You know, when Brady got that deep threat in Randy Moss, Grand, again, I'm going to say it again because I know how people get with this. I'm not comparing the players. I'm comparing the situations. When he got a true deep threat, Brady started airing that football out. 
And that's what I feel like Dak Prescott is going to do a lot of this upcoming season. If you're somebody who doesn't like when Dak Prescott throws the ball down the field, bad news for you. Bad news for you. They're going to take the top off of defenses. They have a guy who's going to be able to, to take the top off of a defense. Brandon Cooks is a legitimate deep threat, something that Dak Prescott has really never had over the course of his career. Um, he's going to be big for this offense, Brandon Cooks. You know, so um, it, it's it's very good to see that Dak Prescott and Brandon Cooks have that rapport. I mean, this guy is a very crafty veteran, but also, you know, on top of being a crafty veteran, he's still an athletic specimen. You know, you talk about a guy who runs a 4-3 and still runs a 4-3, and you see it on the field. You see it during these videos. I mean, this guy is fast, like legitimately fast, and I, this is what I said about the Brandon Cooks trade. I think that he's going to be a better fit on this team than DeAndre Hopkins would have been. I think DeAndre Hopkins is the better player, but I'm about adding talent that complements the other talent on this team. And, you know, okay, you add DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, you have a, what, fourth X receiver on this team or third X receiver on this team. Do you need that many X receivers? You need a guy that plays that Z role like uh, or Z position like Brandon Cooks does. A guy that can legitimately take the top of a defense with speed, you know, not with catch radius and 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 uh, the type of stuff that DeAndre Hopkins wins with. You need a guy that can win with speed, and that's something that Dak Prescott hasn't had over the course of his career. And now that he has it, I think he's going to take advantage of it. So if you don't like him throwing the ball down the field, again. Sorry to tell you, but that's going to be the case. He's going to throw the ball down the field probably more than he has in his, his entire career. Um, so there's uh, Michael Gallup as well. He's starting to find his footing in camp. He's starting to find his footing. You're seeing him uh, make those plays on the sideline, those 50-50 catches that we all uh, come to know for Michael Gallup. And, you know, we all love that Michael Gallup can do those type of things. You know, to me, Michael Gallup last year, there were some flashes, but overall, just not a good season from him. Again, I'm not holding it against him. I talked about this in one of my previous videos. This guy's a warrior. Um, he came back from that ACL injury, uh, you know, quicker than I expected him to. I think he came back, what, week three? I thought that he was going to be out for the first eight weeks of the season at least. And honestly, with the way that he played, I think it probably would have been better if they would have kept him out longer. And, um, you know, but ultimately... He's back, and and I think that Michael Gallup is going to have a good season this upcoming season. And, man, if he can have a good season, that's going to be huge for this room. That's going to be huge for this room. That's going to be huge for this offense. Because, I mean, like, here's the thing. The, what I love about the receiver room in Dallas is it reminds me a lot of Cincinnati. I'm not saying it's as good as Cincinnati. But what I'm saying is you have three guys that can be on the field at the same time who play different roles, who complement each other. Michael Gallup's your X receiver. Uh, Brandon Cooks is your Z receiver. CeeDee Lamb's your slot receiver. You know, granted, Cooks and, and Lamb can, can you know, uh, uh, differentiate and play. You know, let's just say you play CeeDee at Z and um, uh, uh, Brandon Cooks at slot. You can do that as well. These three guys can be on the field at the same time, which is, I think, what makes them such an uh, effective receiving trio. So, man, you just you, you love to see it. And then you hear Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Tolbert's having a really good camp as well, which is fantastic to hear. 
you know, because his tape at South Alabama, I'm not over-exaggerating here, his tape at South Alabama was fantastic. And it didn't matter who he played either. It, you know, they played Tennessee, he bought out against them. They played Coastal Carolina, bought out against them. You know, this is a guy that to me is very, you know, when I saw him on tape at Alabama, very smart, heady type of player. So when he was struggling to uh, comprehend the offense for from Kellen Moore, I, I didn't think that that did him much favors because this guy is much better when, okay, this is, I know what I'm doing. I'm confident in, you know, um, trying to find a, a good word here. But, you know, to me, he really thrives in the mental part of the game. So now that he has the mental part of the game down, he feels comfortable with the playbook. Uh, he knows what he's doing out there. I think that that's going to be big for Jalen Tolbert and his development. So, um, and you hear Brian Schottenheimer talk about this guy and talking about, talking about the notes that he takes and how detailed the notes that he takes are. So this is a guy that wants to be great. This is a guy that puts in the work. Apparently, he was one of the guys that had just been at the facility all offseason. He's been working out with Dak Prescott. So, you know, I really hope that Jalen Tolbert can have a season this upcoming season. Um, wide receiver number five. I think that's really the battle. I think the top four are solidified. How many receivers are you going to carry on this team? Are you going to carry seven receivers? I mean, because if Moreno Cropper keeps going off, if Jalen Brooks keeps going off, I think you're going to have a hard decision to make. And honestly... Is it worth keeping Simi Fioco if a guy like Jalen Brooks or Jalen Moreno Cropper are showing that you know they may have more potential than Simi? Because to me, it's about it's not about what you can provide to the Cowboys this year. It's about what you can provide to the Cowboys for years to come. We've seen Simi Fioco. You know, it's I I mean the guy hasn't really been on the field for the first two years of his career. And, you know, last year, it's not like there was much competition in front of him and he didn't see the field. So my question is, okay, if Jalen Brooks and Jalen Moreno Cropper are showing that they're worth roster spots, why are you going to keep Simi Fioco when he's, what, he has, what, two years left on his contract? Um, isn't a guy that's seen the field? I mean, I think that the the ceiling is higher for guys like, like Brooks and Cropper than it is for Simi Fioco. And when you're talking about a receiver that's not really going to see the field, you know, because wide receiver fives don't necessarily see the field all that often. Is it worth keeping Simi on your team and letting go of one of these guys? I don't think it is because Kevontae Turpin's going to make this team. There's no doubt about it. Kevontae Turpin's making this team, especially now uh, what you've been hearing about him, what he's doing on offense. We'll talk about him. But, you know, to me, when it comes to wide receiver five, I think that they should go a different way than Simi Fioco. I think they should just cut their losses. I mean, I think Simi Fioco was a fifth-round pick. You know, they they like the guy, but ultimately there's guys that are showing uh, uh, more potential than Simi Fioco that are younger than the guy. So, you know, that's something to take into consideration. But, like, when we talk about Jalen Brooks, this guy's going off. This guy, over the past few days of training camp, has been showing that he can be a player in this league, which is great to see. I mean, look, the Cowboys hit on Eric Scott and Jalen Brooks. That's going to be crazy. I will never draft. I will never down another draft pick that the Cowboys have if they're able to hit on Eric Scott and Jalen Brooks. They're sixth and seventh round picks. That would be insane. Um, and Jalen Moreno Cropper as well, a guy that you know I'm very high on. I would love to see him on this team. And when it comes to Simi Fioco as well, you know I think that the difference between those two and Simi is that these guys are different type of receivers. 
you know, like like Simi Fioko is an X receiver. That's the role that he would play on a team. And to me, you already have Gallup, you already have Tolbert. Those guys are X receivers. You know, do you need a third X receiver or would you like to, you know, create some parity in the room? Because your receiver core ultimately should look like a basketball team. Everybody should play different or every should everybody should have different roles on your team. So, you know, um, there's that. And Kevontae Turpin as well, a guy that's he's showing some flashes in, in training camp. Here's my thing with Kevontae Turpin. Are you going to contribute on the offensive side of the ball? Or are you just going to be a special teams guy? Because if you're just going to be a special teams guy, I'm pretty sure I can find a guy on this team that can return kicks, that can return punts, but can also contribute on offense. But it looks like they want Kevontae Turpin to contribute on, on offense. I think the reason why they said uh, Kevontae Turpin wasn't a part of that offense last year was, one, he came in in the second week of training camp. Two, he came off that USFL season, so... He, he didn't have an offseason last year. His offseason was an NFL season. So, you know, I think uh, Kevontae Turpin getting some rest. You know, he had his his child over the past few weeks here. Congratulations to him and his family. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think that Kevontae Turpin can do some things for this offense this upcoming season. And overall, I mean, look, I just talked about eight receivers right there. You know, I talked about, I, I mean, I, go back a year, uh, a, a year ago. We weren't talking about eight receivers on this team. You know, like we were talking about like, uh, is Jalen Tolbert going to be a guy for us this year? You know, when's Michael Gallup going to come back? I, I feel very confident in this receiver room. I do from top to bottom. This is a really good room. So Micah Parsons is apparently dominating in this training camp so far. Now, there was a hit that he had on Dak Prescott. I understand he didn't intentionally mean to hit Dak Prescott. You know, it wasn't a full-on sack that he had. However, a mistake like that cannot happen. I understand it was a mistake, but a mistake like that cannot happen because Dak Prescott got his legs taken out from under him. This is the same guy who had a, a really bad ankle injury and had a calf strain coming off the injury and in, or coming off the season in which he had that injury so we have to take that into consideration uh, I'm sure the coaches talked to Micah Parsons about this he has to turn it down a bit I understand how competitive he is and I understand how great he wants to be nothing is going to happen this season if we don't have Dak Prescott just is what it is you can hate the guy all you want he's the best quarterback that's going to be playing quarterback for this team this upcoming season and that's not that's not a hot take at all He's one of the 10 best quarterbacks in this league. If you have a guy like this, you can win a Super Bowl. But if you have a guy like Cooper Rush on your team, you're not winning anything. You, you, you might win eight or nine games. And this roster is so good that that could potentially be the case. But with Doc Prescott, you're winning 12, 13 games, and you're, you're going to win multiple playoff games this upcoming season, I believe, with this guy as your quarterback and potentially a Super Bowl. So I understand he's going 100%. I understand... You know, uh, he has a very high motor, and those are things that we love about Micah Parsons. But he needs to bring it down a bit if if that's the result that's going to happen. But overall, I mean, they're just they can't they can't block the guy. He's disrupting this offense. I mean, this he's looking very very good. I mean, you see some of these videos. You see what he did to Tyron Smith, and and there's people over here. Uh, People on X and Twitter, whatever it is, saying, oh, well, you know, Tyron Smith just didn't have good footwork there. Did he not have good footwork or did Micah Parsons cause him to overstep because of how quick Micah Parsons is off the edge and how good Micah Parsons is? He had to overstep. Micah Parsons realized that he overstepped. And because he realized that, what did he do? He clubbed him, got him out of the way, got to the quarterback. 
This guy is is an absolute tank. They're sending tight ends to chip him. You know, it, everything that they can do to stop Micah Parsons, they can't do it. And that's a great thing. Because guess what? You know, week one, New York Giants, good luck to you. Good luck to you. Good luck trying to stop this guy. We already saw what he did to Andrew Thomas uh, during Thanksgiving. So, you know, man, Micah Parsons, man. I mean, the guy's incredible. The guy's incredible. Um, you know, and you want to know what? Here's the thing that I love about Micah Parsons the most. He's finding new ways to get better. It's not just, okay, you know, let me get better at what I'm already good at. It's let me find where I'm lacking in my game and let me improve on that. And not only let me improve on that, let me understand why I lack in this certain aspect. And how do I, how do I, you know, uh, counter that? Like, how do I now turn that weakness into a strength? Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who worked with Andrew Whitworth. And the reason why he worked with Andrew Whitworth is because he wanted to get into the mind of an elite offensive lineman. Hey, how would you attack? Uh, you know, how would you attack me if I, you know, put this move forward? Or how sh how would you not want me to counter uh, a specific move? You know, like talking about the offensive lineman, saying, "Okay, if you do this, what's the one move you don't want me to counter with? That's the move that I'm going to do in the game." So you know, like. You watch that Bud Crawford Errol Spence fight, and I promise this is going to correlate with what I what I'm going to say. Bud Crawford was just in a different realm that night. Like the game, the the fight slowed down for him, and that's something that Micah Parsons is starting to uh, tap into. The game is starting to slow down for Micah Parsons, and when that happens, man, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Um, I don't think we've seen the best of Micah Parsons yet. I mean, this guy, I think he's going to be in for like a Von Miller type of season. Like when Von Miller was at the top of his game, I think that that's Micah Parsons this upcoming season. Like I, I really believe that. Micah Parsons is like that. This defense is like that. Um, I think that this defense is reminds me of that 2015-2016 Denver team where they were able to win a Super Bowl with that defense. That's how good this defense is. So, you know, if, man, if, if this offense can step up, I, I, and, and when I mean step up, I don't mean step up over the course of the regular season. Because when Dak Prescott was a quarterback, I think they were third in the league in scoring. So, you know, it's, it's about finishing on offense. If they can finish on offense along with this defense, good luck to you. Good luck to you is all I have to say. That's going to be it for the episode, though, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, you know, it's Wednesday. We're one day closer to the weekend. More importantly, we're one day closer to football. You know, talking about the fight the other night between um, Spence and Crawford, which, by the way, that was just, oh, man, I wanted Spence to win that fight. But, I mean, Bud Crawford, I mean, he might be the best pound-for-pound -pound fighter in boxer right now. I mean, you know, Spence is talking about that that he wants to do a rematch. I, I don't necessarily think he should do that. I think Crawford should should uh, uh, think about going up to 154 and seeing if Canelo wants to to get in the ring with him. Because that would be a huge fight. Crawford and Canelo, sheesh, man. Sheesh, that would be a big money fight. Um, but, uh, you know, there's nothing I love more than, okay, it's a Saturday during the fall. You wake up. You know, I usually go for a walk on the weekends. Um, it's it's nice, nice and brisk out. It's not like cold, but it's brisk. And, you know, there's college football on in a few hours. And you watch college football all day. And then there's a fight. There's like a big fight. Uh, that night, you know, like I remember, I think this was 2017, I think it was, uh, I was watching college football all day and then come nighttime, Triple G versus Canelo was on. And I'm like, yeah, this is, 
This is awesome. This is sweet because you watch football all day and then there's a great fight and then you wake up in the morning and there's NFL football on. There's no better time of year, in my personal opinion. And especially because like I have some paid time off accrued at work. I'm going to try and take Mondays off. If I can do that, that would be great because it's pretty much like, yo, Saturday is my Friday. I got college football to watch uh, all day, fight, next day, football. Can't beat it. Can't beat this time of the year. The best time of the year, no doubt about it. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I greatly appreciate the support that you guys have been showing towards the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, please make sure to hit that like button. There's that thumbs uh, thumbs up button. Make sure to hit that. Make sure to subscribe as well. We just hit 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. So I, you know, I greatly appreciate that. And um, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you may be listening to this at, please make sure to leave a review. Make sure to follow the show as well. That would be greatly appreciated. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Please make sure to follow the show and leave a review. We'll We'll see see you next time time on the Cowboys Cowboys Beat Beat Audio Audio Podcast. Podcast.